1: back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, uh, we are kicking off our off-season podcast schedule with a little bit of discussion surrounding uh, Stefan Diggs, first and foremost. Uh, If you haven't been paying attention lately, there have been rumors swirling. Some fan-made, some have been based off of actual reports um, that the idea of trading Stefan Diggs is not just possible, but also plausible. So uh, we'll dive into that, give our thoughts uh, on both sides of that argument, um, and then we will finish up the show by kind of targeting some positions and offering a few names for the Vikings to look at during free agency. So I think those position groups are fairly obvious, but uh, yeah, we'll jump into that later on in the show, and that should, uh, should about round it out. So um, that's the game plan. Let's, uh, let's get it started here. Um, so let's talk about Stefan Diggs. So first let's catch you guys up to speed. So for those of you who, um, have not been paying attention to this or haven't had the radio on recently, KFan or 1500, I think both have spoken about this or been on Twitter or whatever. Basically, um, there has been kind of a, a growing group of people that are interested in trading Stefan Diggs. Now, Drew, you mentioned when we were talking about this before the show, this kind of started as like a fan thing. But then there also became some reports that came out from yeah. you know different local media members. I think Chris Thomason mentioned it once, um, and actually got Diggs to respond to him too, on top of that. Um but then there was also then this like kind of the um the analyst ideas taking a look at the the salary cap situation and all of that. And that has led to this kind of growing theory that maybe Stefan Diggs May not only be tradable, but also might it might be in the best interest of the team. So,
0: right. And I mean, I, for one thing, I I completely disagree with any notion that suggested should be traded. But just to kind of give more background into why this idea has become popular, I think. Uh, now this is Twitter, and this may be a this might be a distorted kind of perception of things, but the cryptic tweets from digs like it's this this isn't right. anything new for him but it seems like people have maybe kind of taken that and run with it and said oh he's not happy in minnesota he's trying to get out he whatever the case is and from there it seems like people are um then jumping to further conclusions um and then they're also going back to the well he's immature He's throwing his helmet. He's calling out his teammates, all this stuff back from the season. So using a different, a bunch of different things to sort of support the idea that Diggs should be traded. But there are so, so many reasons to argue that. Um, first of all, the Diggs immaturity thing just doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, it's always funny guy. that – it's yeah. always
1: funny the people that say that he's immature too. You know, oh, yeah. Like I just – it would be like if I said – yeah, you guys have heard the way that stuff, some of the crazy and weird stuff that we talk about on the show. It'd be like me, me Drew, and I been like calling in another adult male immature. It's just like it's like okay, all right, guy. <laughs> guy <laughs> sounds around, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, but it's there's just it doesn't move the needle for me. The whole immaturity thing. He's just a he's a competitive guy. He's emotional. He's and he's right for what it's worth about yeah. <laughs> the fact that he needs more targets. That he is a stud. He is. One of the best route runners in football. He should be getting more targets than he is. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he was used probably incorrectly, like 2018 with D Flipple, he was used like Percy Harvin, gadget guy, uh, yeah. jet sweeps, all that stuff. 2019, uh, Deshaun Jackson, d- a deep threat. If a guy can do both of those at a high level, maybe, I don't know, try to get him incorporated all over the field. Right. Uh, but point being, Diggs is a supremely valuable player clearly improved kirk cousins uh you know he has kirk had the best season of his career uh in terms of efficiency this year highest passer rating right um the la- large part of that is Diggs. i think kirk was one of the best passers 20 plus yards downfield this year uh Diggs had the most receiving yards on passes 20 plus yards downfield it, it just this just makes too much sense Diggs is the uh he was to me the most valuable skill player on the vikings this year and trading him you get rid of you know, he has a $14 million salary. You get, uh, you get, so you save 5 mil, of that, and then 9 mil is dead cap. So you create 5 mil of cap space. What are you going to get with 5 mil? Something close to the value of digs? Probably, probably not. And you okay, you say, well, maybe we'll, we'll draft a rookie with the, the trade value of probably the first round pick. All right, well, the last two first round receivers, the Vikings, selected were Cordero Patterson and Laquan Treadwell. So you're, you're essentially then leaving their C record to be Adam Thielen, who stud for sure. Like, right, right. a superstar. But he's, what, 30 now or getting – I mean, he's not getting younger. Right. And then you have B.C. Johnson who, you know, I would say exceeded expectations, but those expectations were low for a seventh-round rookie. And right. then you have a bunch of guys who have barely sniffed NFL experience. Right. And then you're leaving your, you know – and clearly the Vikings are going, to, going into 2020 with, like, the win-now mode. They're not rebuilding. Right. But even in that case – Diggs is like a prime wide receiver to have on your team. If you were to rebuild and start over with a new quarterback and everything, because that's the type of guy you want, you know, to have available for your quarterback. So it's this, none of it makes sense. Diggs is even it, it, that contract is almost cheap for him. So it, none of it makes sense. I do not get it. Uh, and I think even the rumors of that fact that he wants out or any of that is just overblown in itself.
1: So that's kind of the only piece of like concrete, information that we have to suggest that, like, Diggs objectively was not happy in Minnesota. Is that whole thing that went down, was it week two or week
0: week four? four? It was after the Chicago game, whenever that was. Okay, so, yeah. yeah,
1: Okay, so it was early in the season, and he got fined because he skipped practice $250,000. And that's really, like, obviously he was pissed about that. I mean, even if he was in the wrong, like, you're still pissed about that. Like, I don't know what kind of people wouldn't be mad about getting fined at work. So I understand that I don't think I don't take that to mean like okay they find me I want out now like he knows he broke the rules too. So people continue to kind of like take that for more than it's worth and they combine it with his tweets which his tweets are not like they're I don't I don't take anything away from his tweets other than he's just like a deep thinker and he's Loves the kind of the subjective element of words. Like, these, these tweets to me aren't almost ever about the Vikings. And, like, in no. when I read them, you know? Like, he's tweets something like, I'm just reading off of his Twitter feed right now. Never let being liked get in the way of being respected. Nothing to do with the Vikings for sure. Ain't with <laughs> none of the faking or handshaking. Probably nothing to do with the Vikings. Everything that was done in the dark is about to come to light. Again, probably not to do with the Viking. Like he's just a very interesting person. I mean, and he's not the type of guy who would air out his like.
0: Like people think that professional athletes, famous athletes, and they, all of their, their entire Twitter feed, their social yeah. media usage has to be about the You're team. Following they play their for life, sport. not yeah.
1: their professional yeah. sports career. From the yeah. Point.
0: So every time they share something, they connect it automatically to what they relate with that player, and that's their profession when. These players do have lives outside of football and
1: can you imagine how extravagant a guy like Diggs's life is too by the way like do you follow him on Instagram or anywhere yeah. else like he he loves fashion he's all over the world do dressed in all kinds of crazy shit crazy stuff
0: he's got brothers that play football he's got a kid I mean it's there's so much else going on that Jumping to that conclusion, he's living the dream
1: that. of an early, like he's in, he's a mid twenty year old that's at the t- peak of his position at the most popular sporting league in the nation, if not the world. I mean, like he's just living the dream. This is how he wants to live the dream. And like some of these, like some of these, some of his tweets are like, ah, I'm like, ah, I don't know about that, man. Like it's kind of that's kind of kind of weird or kind of soft or whatever. But like at the same time, like it's not. I don't see any of this as cryptic. And when he goes after Dan Barrero or like for example for saying something ridiculous like that doesn't that also does not reinforce that he wants to be in Minnesota. He's just never even talking about that. Like I, I don't see the conversation that comes from just being kind of a weirdo on Twitter. He's just like he's just Socrates on Twitter. That's all he is. Like he's not like he's not doing anything Jaron Ron was very straightforward. Like, I get it why people were like, oh, J. Ron Curse isn't happy. He said that. Stefan Diggs just, like, tweets, like, po- like people poetic like the, sayings. It was
0: one thing where Viking fans would respond to J. Ron Curse, and he would explicitly say <laughs> yeah. what he meant.
1: Exactly. Yeah, like, that was it's a different story. Thing. He's
0: not responding to people. He's not saying anything about the Vikings. He's just – he's he's like you said, he's just being Socrates, and people are trying to relate that falsely to the vikings and, and from there just... jumping to conclusions that shouldn't be jumped to
1: and let's just be real here by the way like stefan diggs is a human being there are very few qualities about his life that any of us can even like begin to relate to you know like if you just look at him as a character as an individual and like the status that he has we got... <laughs> who are we to say what you should or should not be doing with your twitter account first and foremost and also who are you to try to figure out what he's talking about like if he wants to tell us like, I would love if a media member went up to him and was like, hey, Stefan, I read this tweet. I'm really curious about it because it could go this way, this way, this way, this way. What does this mean? And he, I feel like he's the kind of guy that would be like, oh, that was nothing. Like, I was just with my buddies. That's for sure
0: what it would be. Or he would be something like, yeah, it's just that's just what I was thinking at that time. Like, it would be something like that. He's yeah. one of those – he's just thinking what's – he's just tweeting what's on his mind. That's it. It's nothing to – it, 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 there's nothing else that needs to be thought of. Okay, you so, don't need to take it any further than that.
1: So we can we can establish based off of this very ridiculous and kind of blurry observation that we've made of his Twitter account and the objective evidence that we have to suggest that he might actually be pissed off in Minnesota and come to no real straightforward conclusion. Everything from there is basically gray area. It's fun to talk about. I'm with you guys. There's a reason why we're talking about it on this show, but we can say that other than those two little things, and we just basically debunked Twitter and said that this happened week, you know, four or whatever, and didn't really matter. And it did
0: though, because it, it I me. Mean, it helped the Vikings. Like they, the, it the definitely Vikings inspired team, the Vikings. Yeah, he turned around they responded the season well to it. So even if you are on that side, where, like, oh, he's immature. You don't want that guy on your team. It's a bad look. Like that's such a boring take, won, by what, the way. Six games in a row after that, or whatever it was. Yeah, Kirk played the best four or five game stretch of his career. And then in the playoff game against the Saints, he did the same thing, and they ended up winning one of the most impressive playoff wins in a long, long time.
1: Right. It's uh, it's. Ba- you ba- want okay. that guy? The team. All right, so it's baffling. So we we we've reached that we've reached that point here. So let's let's go over let's try to this because I'm on the same page as you. I'm with you. I, I I echo essentially everything you said on the topic regarding you know it being ridiculous and we shouldn't do that. It's not good for the Vikings' future, et cetera, et cetera. Let's look at the positives. Let's try to find the positives, kind of the rationale behind this whole, like, what what could possibly, what good could possibly come from this, right? Now, what, trading dicks? From trading dicks. Look at the positives, try to play, we're playing devil adv- devil's advocate to our own thought here, because both of us are rational human beings and believe that this is not a good idea, but we're going to try to see the other side of the story, okay? So, Recent history suggests that it is possible for a wide receiver of Stephon Diggs's caliber to net a late round first, for late first round pick. The most obvious example of this is the trade that the Vikings made what back in 2013, Percy Harvin to Seattle for the 25th overall pick, which eventually became Xavier Rhodes. I imagine that is the number one thing that people that advocate for trading Diggs point to, because they that's concrete proof that the Vikings were able to get rid of a Disgruntled, which is what people believe Stefan Diggs to be to some degree, a disgruntled wide receiver, turn him into uh, de- draft capital, and then turn that draft capital into something the Vikings would need. And let's just be honest here, it works, it fits your narrative, because the Vikings do, by happenstance, need a cornerback like Xavier Rhodes if coming out of this draft. That's exactly the type of situation the Vikings would probably go for. That's one of the one of the few... Things where it makes some logical sense. Like, if you know for a fact that you could trade Diggs to get a first-round pick to get a all-pro caliber corner, okay, I can kind of see your point of view here. Now, the other things that people have been eyeing are guys like Trent Williams, which, let's be real here, it's not there's not a lot of objective evidence to suggest that that's actually a realistic possibility. Vikings are in cap hell. Trent Williams is going to get paid a ton of money if he's, you know, I believe he's already getting paid you know in the same general area of digs you're not saving yourself any cap space there and who's to say that situation in washington is even figured out so that kind of that's an interesting kind of storyline and a narrative to follow with this trade digs trade thing but i also don't see it as super realistic now so draft capital or a player that could come in and fit your offensive line immediately those are really the only two immediate ways to have this make a difference right Everything else you're playing for the future. Am I, am I wrong in saying that by trading Digs away?
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's the other uh, piece I was going to add is, unless you're kind of you're you're into the idea of just a full rebuild, like, right. and that would be – that's in cleaning house. Like that's Zimmer's gone, Spielman's gone, uh, Kirk is traded or gone somehow. Like you're starting all the way over and right. you just want to get everything like out of there. You want to
1: you know? Miami this thing.
0: Yeah. If you're going to Miami this thing, yeah. Uh, then that's that's your point of view there. So, uh, and I. That's honestly the, the point of view I respect the most out of this. Because, like, if you've sort of given up on this Kirk era, this Zimmer era, which I don't hate that perspective because it seems like, you know, we can look at it a lot of ways. that They may have this, peaked. It they may have may peaked, peaked or they have already. Um, a lot of these guys are on the back end of their career. So I, I get that and I get wanting to start over. But then that – like, the trading digs I feel like would be the last of the priorities there, you know. Especially because like he's, I said he's before, very young. He's like, young, and he's a guy you could still like.
1: You could soft best, rebuild, and then can, he'd be the best piece part of that. the
0: transition. Right. Like, if you wanted to draft, like trade up and draft Tua, who apparently is not going to be picked by the Dolphins number five or whatever. Um, if you wanted to trade up for him, like that's Diggs is a a, a stud that you'd want to help with the development of the quarterback. So Absolutely. there are other priorities besides Diggs and trading again the whole financial thing with it creates nine million dead cap that you're not really. That's you not helpful. That's not
1: a good reason for those who are using that it's as not, a reason. It's not. it's not a good reason.
0: Because you get five mil, and what are you going to use of that? And he's um, not
1: going to restructure. You know. Now, the other
0: the other point, too, is that there are a bunch of stud receivers in this draft class right. uh, who could turn out to be something similar to Diggs. But it, it's it's a huge, still a huge question mark. With Diggs, you know you have a stud, like, top 15, top 10 wide receiver. You might get one or two of those from this class, maybe a little bit more than that. There's actually a, stud, a few studs, but it—you don't know if they'll be first rounders. They might be third rounders. Like it, it you just never right. know. Some of these guys. Right, right. So there's just it, it, if you're in re, full rebuild mode, I get it, but the Vikings are certainly not in rebuild mode. There's no chance of that happening. Spielman and Zimmer need a playoff run to probably keep their job after 2020. Uh, so they're keeping Stefan Diggs. That if they trade him which they probably won't. They certainly won't. Uh, it will not be because they're in rebuild mode.
1: The last kind of positive, and again, I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is another theoretical positive of moving on from Stefan Diggs, is that you get him out of the locker room. Now, both of both you and I have voiced the opinion that I actually think that his outbursts I – mean, you agree? We just talked about this. I think that the outbursts actually benefit the locker room. I don't see him as a cancer. The people out there that are calling him like Antonio Brown light, uh, no, 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 it's not. It's not like that.
0: I could see. I could see uh, OBJ light, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I like OBJ, and I think he's overall like a like. Just, Cleveland is just it. It, it Freddie Kitchens is so bad for Cleveland that it, it's it. I I. I feels bad for obj in cleveland and i get why he'd be frustrated and again emotional competitive guy he's spent his career with eli manning throwing to him and then he went to cleveland so i get why a guy his talent could be a little frustrated right and the thing is when these guys are stars like that he was the face of the league for a few years after that catch against the cowboys uh you know you're the spotlight's on you anything you post on social media anywhere you go people are looking at you people are going to see things and rumors are going to spread Diggs isn't quite to that level. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's he's still got that spotlight on him. Where if some, you know, if he throws his helmet, if he yeah. calls out a teammate or calls out the team or wants the ball more, people are gonna think selfish. They're gonna think trying to make excuses for his performance, all this stuff. And most of the time, that's not it because you don't get to the NFL by being a, like a soft, immature child. Yeah. You know. That's... So, and These if you do, cool, like, and if you do, if you get there. Uh you don't last if you become one a la Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh the one last point that I'd make on this subject is doesn't it does not it stand to reason that that all these f- opposing teams fans all want Stefan Diggs? Like if you go click on one of his tweets You'll see someone with the the, mock- well, it's gonna, it's the Washington
0: thing's been happening for like three years, right? Where, so there's Redskins the Washington kind of like, oh God, thing. he wants to come to, to the Redskins, yeah. It there's New England.
1: Time. New England is a new one that I've been seeing more and more of because Patriots fans obviously want to keep Tom Brady, and by getting him weapons, theoretically, that's yeah, you know, that's how that works. I mean, Stephon Diggs is a good dude. He doesn't get in trouble. He, he's a hell of a wide receiver. Like you said, there's an argument that he's actually undercompensated relative to his performance and with it and his role of importance in this offense. I, I just don't like. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people are like trying to find ways. Like, why are you manufacturing ways to get rid of Stephon Diggs? That doesn't make sense to me because if you're, you, there's no reason to force this out.
0: Like, if there's other, there's so many other ways to like. If you're worried about cap space, like, there's so many other guys that are. More worthy of a a restructure, B getting cut, C getting traded. It makes and... more
1: logical sense <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah, it's just uh, it's bizarre. And honestly, like Twitter is kind of a bizarro world. Like if if you get off Twitter and like get your news from like the newspaper or ESPN, like you'll notice that like a lot of the storylines that you thought were very prominent like within your community are actually just like Twitter storms. You know, like it's just people talking about a subject, and that's like you just kind of fallen into that narrative and now you're yeah well
0: that's what i thought it was forever and then i saw like the star tribune was like you know trying to say that they had some sort of rumor or something that you know there was a trade in the works or something and then you have uh this being carried out you know like the florios of the world will take it and put up a story and then you have national media analysts and local uh vikings analysts kind of you know breaking down what would happen if a digs trade And it's like okay so this is actually what people think might happen like it's not just you know stupid fans staying, saying something to get rid of a person they, you know a player they think is a diva.
1: Right. It's an interesting storyline and I hope we, I hope this isn't something that kind of drowns out or excuse me. I hope this is something that drowns out through over the summer here. Um but I kind of see this dragging on. <laughs> like through like I can totally see this being a topic, you know, come draft time when we're looking at ways to acquire more draft picks. You know, when you hit that kind of part of the postseason. Yeah. The, the, you know the off season where everyone's like, okay, how can we get more draft picks? Which is something that we'll be talking about um, soon enough, I'm sure, just because Rick Spielman does love to acquire draft picks, and there's someone's going to set precedent by saying, well, we should trade digs for some draft picks. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. That storyline's gonna happen. I'm sure we'll be talking about this again. But um, for now, uh, as it stands, both of us are. Opposed to the idea of trading Stefan Diggs, and um, there's plenty of objective reasoning to suggest that would be a bad fiscal decision, a bad locker room decision, and a bad on field decision for the Vikings. So, uh, moving on here, let's talk a little bit about the draft and free agency and how this kind of reflects on the Vikings. So, the Vikings, just looking at the Stuff that they have at their disposal, their assets that they have at their disposal, this is not a very fun off season for Vikings fans, and that's that's a good thing because it means that the team is quality already and you are drafting low in the first round and subsequently drafting low in every other round uh, and your money is dispersed for the most part amongst guys that deserve it or and are being paid to fill up that salary cap kind of in the right way. I know that's subjective, but you know what I'm saying when I say um the right way to use a salary cap. That's the situation the Vikings kind of find themselves in. So there's no they're they're un, they're over the cap in terms of money. So free agency is really not something that's going to be a big topic here, unfortunately. I mean, we can I'm sure like we can kick it around and we can kick around some fun names that you know theoret- theoretically would make sense for the Vikings, but Overall, free agency is just not this is not the Vikings year to make a splash in free agency.
0: Yeah, it's it it's not. I mean they're already what I don't even know what the number is now in cap that they're above or below or however you say that. They don't have they're a may, minus amount of cap room. Right. Uh so now I think there's I do think there's still more flexibility than what it looks like. Uh Riley Reef, Everson Griffin, Linval right. Joseph xavier rose i think those four guys if you were to cut big with all of them uh then i think suddenly you're in a decent spot where you could make uh a significant free agent move or two but um you know if you were to able to if you were to do that get rid of those four guys maybe restructure someone like griffin who's still playing at a high level um you'd then i think you target cornerback right uh, you target maybe offensive line depth um I mean, the guy that comes to mind first in terms of free agents that would still probably cost a lot, but I think the Vikings could afford if they do make those moves is Chris Harris, uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the first guy that comes to my mind. Because, th- again, a cornerback is going to be totally reworked this offseason. And you want a guy in there that's probably still a veteran. Like a lot of these guys are inexperienced. Mike Hughes might be your number one guy at this point. So right. I'd get somebody in there that has experience, Super Bowl experience. Um, and, you know, again, cornerback would be the spot I'd target if the Vikings were to cut bait with those kind of three or four guys that would really make a big difference with the cap.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk about that position first because that's kind of what I wanted to do here. I wanted to go through a few positions that the Vikings should be targeting, and I think you just brought up the, you know, arguably the most important one, and that's cornerback. Um, so I'm looking at the list of free agents here, and then we can talk a little bit about the draft prospects because I think that's a little bit more realistic. But uh, just uh, off the top, kind of off the cuff here, not any you know, specific scheme research or anything like that. These are the guys that are going to be available when free agency officially starts. Uh, Drew just mentioned the big one, Chris Harris. Uh, Josh Norman, who was recently released by Washington. Jimmy Smith, who has been very solid but has become unnecessary in Baltimore. Logan Ryan, uh, previously of New England, uh, most recently on that very solid Tennessee defense, where he kind of. Um, took a big step forward in his career. Bradley Roby, um, another one of those guys that was in Denver initially with Chris Harris, is in Houston most recently. Probably the most interesting name on this list um, to me. You've also got Aqib Talib, who technically is a Miami Dolphin, Then you got Ronald Darby, who is another intriguing kind of guy that has been up and down with injury. Most recently played for Philadelphia. And there's a couple other names on here: Brandon Carr, Nickel Roby, Cobin, Jonathan Joseph, who Mike Zimmer is familiar with, and of course Tremont Williams. Who the Vikings, who Vikings fans are familiar with from his days with Green Bay, and that does not include guys like Jason Verrett, who have already been talked about and mentioned with the Vikings, Trey Waynes, of course, who was a free agent, Mackenzie Alexander, Vern, Vernon Hargraves, who was basically spun out, etc. So you've got this long list of interesting names. None of, I don't see the Vikings having enough money to pay any of these guys if they're like, I don't think they're going to go outside the organization to pay a corner. So. None of these like these names are fairly irrelevant because if they're gonna pay someone, I think it's Trey Wayne's. I mean, and if they're gonna pay someone else, it'll I think it'll all it'll be Trey Wayne's and Mackenzie Alexander.
0: Okay, so you think they're gonna stick in if they're gonna if they're gonna pay a corner
1: on the market, it's gonna be those two guys.
0: I think they're gonna rework things completely, to be honest, Um, because I think I think there will be enough demand elsewhere that, uh, you know, like for Wayne's, for example, will be uh, maybe.
1: He might get the biggest <laughs> contract of any cornerback on the free agent market this year. Might get
0: a, He'll be it'll be a high price tag. Something higher than I think the Vikings want to pay. And in the past, you know, it hasn't been, uh, you know, the, like with Barr and with some of these other guys where they've been able to sort of uh, keep these guys on a contract that's lower than maybe that they've been asked or they've been offered somewhere else. Uh, I don't think that's gonna be the case this offseason with cornerbacks. And so I think like Rhodes will be gone. I think at least one of Wayne's and Alexander will be gone. And then I think they're gonna use some more money. I think I think they're gonna cut me with like Reef and Rhodes for sure, which should be creating enough space to maybe go after one of these guys that's a little bit cheaper. Uh like a Nickelbriel be Coleman. Uh you go down the list here further to like a Mo Claiborne even um something like that. So that's. I think that's more realistic than bringing back like two of the Alexander Wayne's or Rhodes trio.
1: Interesting. I th- I I just don't see the Vikings shelling out money for a position when they have guys with experience within Mike Zimmer's system in house. Um, I could see them All getting. This,
0: I think that I think they're going to realize like the cornerback position was dreadful in 2019, right. and I think they want to bring in. Uh, You know, more effective. They do have you know fresh defensive backs coach, like bringing that in, kind of sort of restart from the beginning. Not the beginning, can beginning, but you know what I'm saying. Like kind of bringing fresh faces, and that's why I like the the Chris Harris play so much. While he is old, but experience uh, and Super Bowl experience on a terrific defense like that, I think you'd want that for a team that still is kind of trying to hang on to that win now Super Bowl window mode.
1: I'm going to hold on to Jason Verrett and Bradley Roby as the most realistic options to me. I'll throw in Eli Apple there too. Um, guys who were first round picks, um, did have generated some buzz, um, in the league. Uh, I would say that Roby's probably been the most successful of the trio that I just named. Um, but have had some sort of injuries or some sort of issues staying in a starting role. I feel like those are the types of guys that Mike Zimmer likes to get his hands on. Um, just because I think that he has a bit of an ego with corners and kind of feels like he can rework anyone if they have the talent and skill set. I think all three of those guys do. Um, so I would keep a, I would keep an eye on them, but I don't see them spending big on cornerback and free agency because of the cornerback draft cl- class that we've got here. Um, there's, plenty, uh, there's plenty of great names on here, uh, and it starts, of course, with Tr- Trayvon Diggs, Stefan's little brother. So this, you know, makes it that much funnier if you want to not only trade Stephon Diggs, but then also draft his younger brother. Um, He's probably not the most refined player. If you're not familiar with Trayvon Diggs, by the way, um, I'm I'm shocked because Vikings Territory talks about – like Vikings Territory, not the website, like the the place in the world, um, talks about Trayvon Diggs all the time. Um, And that's because he's 6'2", he's very athletic, and he came from Alabama, so – you feel it's it's safe to say that he's definitely on the Vikings' radar. You look at a couple of these other names that seem to make sense relative to where the Vikings will be drafting, and then also their size and kind of their build. You know, you look at Jeff Gladney from TCU, bigger framed guy, kind of lankier. I've seen his name pop up a couple times. Uh, you also gotten, you've also got Christian Fulton from LSU. I, I think he's long gone before the Vikings actually draft in the first round. But C.J. Henderson from Florida is a nice player, too. Bryce Hall from F- Virginia. Um, there's a couple of other, like, l- m- you know, middle-round guys that are fit to kind of fit the bill physically. Uh, Cameron Dansler from Mississippi State. Uh, there's plenty of good names on here This should be a pretty solid cornerback class. I feel like the Vikings are probably I – mean they always do, right? They always u- draft a corner in the first or the second round. This is the perfect uh, perfect year to repeat that formula without fans actually getting pissed off about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I think one of the things, too, that it's worth noting is so many of these corners are big, right? Right. And Zimmer has been kind of notorious for drafting especially tall cornerbacks that, you know, he seems to want that trait in his uh, with his defensive backs. And, I mean, the top – I'm looking at, you know, you could say the top 10 to 15 corners in this class are all six feet or taller, yeah. which is pretty darn rare. I mean – you're not going to find your slot guy in here necessarily. Position
1: is literally right. evolving right before our eyes.
0: Right. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that the prototypical slot guy, uh, or the stereotypical slot guy is not in this draft, but there probably is guys that have, uh, that set. They're just a little taller. Uh, but I think I, I am, you know, part of me is almost, it's like too good to be true. This whole Trayvon Diggs thing. Cause it, he is kind of falling a lot of like the big board sort of right where the Vikings would pick. Yeah. Um, He's not the most so,
1: technically or fundamentally sound no, guy. He's no. one with gifts throughout his career. Yeah. Like, his talent has gotten him, gotten away yeah. with a lot of stuff.
0: Also has some returnability. Uh, so, that's...
1: He's very that good at be, that, actually.
0: That would be a lot of fun. But, um, outside of that, I, I just wanted to note that about the size. And Zimmer has always been a big cornerback guy. These guys are all tall, all, you know, like, big body. It's heaven.
1: Dude. It's heaven for Mike Zimmer. And
0: none of these guys, like, Trey Wayne was, like, what, 180 pounds coming out right. at six feet tall. These guys are, like, all you know they weigh more than that too like 200 plus pounds on these (laughs) dudes so uh he can get his his cornerback that has the physical you know athletic tools um in terms of size speed strength that he maybe didn't have with anybody besides xavier Rhodes in the past
1: excellent so that's definitely a position that we will be honing in on throughout this um off season here as we lead up to the draft and uh free agency as well um but those are just some big names just to keep an eye on as we kind of, as we initially kind of immerse ourselves within this, uh, this off season here. So um, let's jump to a couple other positions here before we round out the show. Uh, let's talk about offensive guard and the interior lo- offensive line. Um, obviously there's an argument for the bookend positions to be um, addressed as well. But since the Vikings do have reef under contract, I personally expect a restructure as opposed to a full blown cut with him. Um, and then you've got Brian O'Neill, who is your arguably your best offensive lineman, period, at the other bookend position. I want to focus today on the guard spot and the interior offensive line. So uh, as we addressed in our offensive review, it seems like Pat Elfline is probably the odd man out here. Um, you give Garrett Bradbury another year to become more consistent and to bulk up a little bit so he can handle those power rushes. Um, and then Josh Klein, who was very stable and solid, he he returns as well. Is, well, ultimately, it comes down to Pat Elfline, and then you you know, you want to have a replacement for Josh Klein, too, um, ideally. So guard is definitely a position the Vikings have to be looking at again in the first round, considering there, um, and if not in the first, then probably the second or third round as well. Again, this is also a position that very consistently gets overpaid for um, in, the, in the free agent market, something the Vikings can't afford to do this year given their current cap situation. And in, in addition to that is – there just aren't that many good free agent offensive linemen. The The obvious one is Brandon Scherf. I don't see yeah. that as a realistic possibility. So this is what the Vikings are dealing with here. Um, and it's obviously a huge priority to get something done within that offensive line just so that Kirk has some more time.
0: Right. That's I mean, the offensive line has been a problem forever. And I mean, the, ri- the origin of the problem is, you know, it goes back to just that the Vikings haven't a prioritized, drafting offensive line very well but then also right. b they haven't you know hit on any of the picks when it comes to drafting offensive linemen right uh so at, at some point you got you just have to hit on something you know um pat offline hasn't hit but bradbury is still a question mark um at the very least you got to find a guard uh to kind of compete with offline for that starting job maybe give him a little put a little fire under him uh but yeah i'm I'm with you in that there's not a lot of big names in terms of the guard position, especially, uh, in, on the, on the market there, I think there are some tackles that would be interesting. Sure. Uh, I know the one big name that a lot of, that's going to get a, a lot of demand and probably a big, uh, big payday is Jack Conklin from Tennessee. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know how realistic that would be for the Vikings if they were to get rid of reef and again, create some space with all those names. But I think that would be an upgrade if they were to go that route at, at tackle.
1: Absolutely. Um, So you look at the guard prospects now. Um, let's let's, Let's pretend the Vikings are going cornerback in round one. Probably guard would be my expectation in round two. If all things, you know, if someone slides, you know, stuff hits the fan and it's a completely different story. But if we're looking at this as the way things may fall, cornerback in the first, guard in the second, start looking wide receiver in the third and fourth, and the Vikings obviously don't have that fifth-round pick because of Corey Vedvik. So (laughs) you've got four picks in the first five rounds as it stands right now, and you've got to find a way to get at least one guard, one corner, and probably a wide receiver from that group for sure. And ideally, you're probably looking at multiple guards in that period. So – I'm using a resource here from uh, Pro Football Focus, so I'll credit to them uh, for their research because I haven't done enough of it yet to give you an informed personal opinion. You look at a couple of these names here. Uh, you got, first of all, I just want to say it's one of the best class of names that you're going to find from interior offensive linemen. Okay? Uh, you've got Natani uh, Muti from Fresno State, who's their top prospect on their draft board. You got Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, pretty standard, bigger-name player, given the universities from. Then you got... T- uh, Tyler Bidash, I think is how you pronounce that last name. It's hilarious, just the spelling, um, from Wisconsin. I love any Wisconsin guard prospect there is. Yep. Um, then you've got my favorite person, my, one of my favorite names I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Calvin Throckmorton uh, from, <laughs> from from Oregon. Uh, so you got to got some really nice players here. You've also got Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. Yep. Another phenomenal name um and then you've got guys like Cesar Ruiz from Michigan who stand out probably because of their university more than their actual talent level and Logan Stenberg from Kentucky and that essentially rounds out what I've looked at so far in terms of interior offensive linemen. so you've got a solid group there all of these names are worthy of buying jerseys uh but the <laughs> one for me that stands out the most is the Wisconsin kid and that's yep. Tyler Biadish or B- I got to learn how to B- say this cuz yeah. he's B- got vi-
0: Biadish Dogs. Got, I don't, I'm not gonna act like I know how to say it. He's
1: got Vikings written all over him. He's a, he's a Midwest kid. He's playing at Wisconsin. He fits the size, to, like the the dimensions of your standard guard. He's got the best coaching in the college coaching in the nation in terms of run blocking. I think Wisconsin always is phenomenal with the run blocking run blocking prospects. I mean, I love the kid. He looks great on paper. Everything I've read about him is unbelievable. I mean, that I'm fixated right now. What day is it? January, like, excuse me, February, like 17th or some 16th or something like that? Give me Tyler Badash. Or, you know, I'll learn how to pronounce it by the next time we talk about
0: him. <laughs> give me but, Tyler B from Wisconsin. Tyler B,
1: yeah, give me Tyler B. Uh,
0: no, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I, how many Wisconsin linemen seem to just kind of transition smoothly to the NFL? All and, of them. 100%. Uh, the last time I, like, seriously evaluated NFL draft uh, prospects was the year of uh, Ryan Ramchek. Yeah, yeah. For wisconsin he turned out to be a stud and i thought he was uh, a top five pick he went 31 or 32 to the saints and he is an all pro tackle Uh, it just seems like it's never ending they're the offensive line factory they're olu if you will compared to the the dbu of lsu so yeah i'm good with that i mean i haven't like i'm I'm with you and i haven't done you know the 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 background research on anything uh, in terms of the draft prospects yet but uh yeah that's fine with me at this point
1: yeah so Cornerback off the board in the first, probably a guard in the second, and then uh, potentially again in the third or fourth. But that leaves you gotta open. Get, you
0: got to get Ben Barch too in the. Third That's or... right. I, I, so. We can't
1: stop. We can't like talk about football anymore without you talking about the the only yeah. Saint, jo- <laughs> Saint John's prospect in the recent what fifteen years at least. It's
0: probably been longer than that. But well, there was a receiver in like two thousand three that was potentially going to get drafted and did not, and then was on a couple practice
1: squads. But okay, so. Also, Ben Barch, yeah. And I, I, I do like the kid, too. I read all of it, like, all the local stories about him. He seems to like a wonderful person. The smoothie? Yeah. He's a, he seems like a good dude. I like him. All right, so we'll talk more about these two positions um, as we go throughout the offseason. I think these are probably the two most important. I think these are probably the two positions you guys care the most about. Um, we'll also look at quarterbacks, too, just for those – those of you out there who do enjoy the idea of bringing in some spirited competition for Kirk Cousins next year and potentially a transition guy uh, for the future. Uh, But to round out this show, let's talk a little bit about wide receivers because this is one of the most stacked wide receiver classes that I've ever seen. Um, you know, dating back to about 2014, when I started taking the draft a little bit more seriously as a human being, this is one of the best wide receiver groups that you're ever yep. like that you might ever see. Really, uh, it starts with Jerry Judy up top from Alabama, Henry Ruggs on his opposite side, then one of the fastest guys on the planet. You also got C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, T. Higgins from Clemson, uh, Lavisca Chenault from Colorado, who has generated a, like a bigger name for himself as over the last like three or four weeks specifically. You've also got guys like Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, Jalen Rager from TCU, Justin Jefferson from LSU. LSU, The entire L- SS- SEC, by the way, is just stacked wide receiver. And, of course, you've got the Minnesota guys like Tyler Johnson, who I think is the, probably the most appealing to most Vikings fans who participated in watching this go for a season this last year. Um, getting a guy like Tyler Johnson in the mid-rounds would be pretty fun, um, especially given the fact that the Vikings have a nice situation for him to sort of grow within. Uh but there's plenty of these, there's plenty of guys within this class. I don't think the Vikings even look at the free agent draft class excuse me the free agent um wide receiver class because they yeah there's no real you can get a solid player from round 1 all the way to probably round 5. And I know the Vikings don't have a 5th round pick now, but I fully expect that R- Rick Spielman will go about you know trying to find a way to get one. We know,
0: know now that the way the, the, the rounds work or they look right now is just won't last. uh through the entire draft but looking at this uh i think another name that should be mentioned is uh, donovan peoples jones from michigan Uh, i think people (laughs) you'll look over michigan receivers just because of the quarterback and the offense uh that michigan seems to have every year and it seems like there's some potential that's not necessarily being uh that's being limited i guess is what you could say with the receivers so i think here's a guy there's a guy that could uh Uh, that could surprise some people in the nfl if uh put in a decent position so but yeah like there's there's going to be guys that are drafted you know three four third and fourth round that would probably be second to maybe first round picks in any other class with this with this group here
1: absolutely uh just for kicks uh, i will run through some of these names on the free agent list um aj green of course being the the biggest name out there emmanuel sanders um if he doesn't decide to return to San Francisco, the slot guys in particular are kind of interesting. You got Paul Richardson who was just released by Washington, Randall Cobb who had a solid year in Dallas and it would be fun to do to have that happen for Packers fans specifically. Danny Amendola as well. Um and then you've got and you got some interesting guys like Darius Wright, for example, could the Vikings think about bringing him back? I always liked Rashard Higgins, Nelson Agholor is also um a free agent as well. and Then you have Tavon Austin, who could be a fun little gadget piece in the right offense. I don't think the Vikings necessarily are that. Um, and then Travis Benjamin basically, and uh, I guess you could throw Robbie Anderson in there as well. Um, but point being here is it's a lot more fun to look at the prospects versus the veterans. And here, I don't see the Vikings throwing money at any of these guys just because of this, the two that they have up top Yeah, such I mean, a you might get, you might
0: get like a, you know, one of those cheaper kind of deals, uh, you know i'm going i'm going down the list with like a tajay sharp yeah or you know someone like uh, trevor davis with re- return ability uh tim patrick who actually did pretty well against the vikings as a bronco someone like that like just you got these names that are going to go down the list you're not going to get one of these big name guys for potentially you know five to ten million dollars it's going to be something on like a vet minimum type of right. deal
1: absolutely all right so that about rounds out kind of the preface here for positions that we'll be talking about and specifically going over in more detail throughout this off season. Um, as of now, we don't have any you know fun game plan for next week. We'll kind of uh, figure out what you know what's going on, what's trending at that point in time, and sort of go from there. But the focus of the show moving forward will most likely be free agency and the draft. So um, we didn't talk much about Dom Capers. Any. Thing you want to throw out to me about Dom Capers real quick before we wrap this up Vikings hired him as a new um, kind of an idea man uh, within their locker room to help on defense
0: yeah that's exactly it uh, someone that can just help with generating creative new looks to Blitz it seems like that's all that really he's there for which isn't a bad thing it's just I mean I don't know how successful it was it seemed like Packers fans were always upset with Capers so he does have a storied history in I, the NFL that's yeah, one does, thing I will does. say
1: uh, one thing I would point out on this: a lot of alphas in that defensive room now. Just want yeah, to just want to say that something to maybe monitor. Hopefully, doesn't matter at all. But uh, there's a lot of alphas in that room with the um, the prime alpha, Mike Zimmer. Um, his tenure is kind of on the ropes to a degree. Like we said, kind of we've said kind of um, in passing that uh, if he doesn't get it done this year, he might be replaced. So a lot of alphas in a room with some kind of a wounded animal, I suppose. Um, we'll end with a coyote, um, analogy there, and that'll be the show for this week. So, um, thanks as always for listening. Make sure to subscribe on daily Norseman, um, or excuse me, su- subscribe on iTunes, read daily Norseman. Um, the show will be up there as usual. Um, make sure to check out the rest of the shows in the climbing, the pocket network this off season. Um, they're all coming out with great draft and off season content as well. Um, and yeah, we will catch you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.